Hey, Think Realty Nation, Eddie Wilson here, and I'm so happy to come to you uh, on this podcast today. We've got a special guest that I'll get to in just a second, and we're going to talk about something really unique. It's about creating your family bank, so stay tuned. We'll get to it in just a second. But first of all, this episode is brought to you by Real Property Management. Working with the right property management company can put more in your pocket, not less. Real Property Management provides a higher standard of property management to make sure you're maximizing the return on your investments. Experience the real difference with Real Property Management. Visit realpropertymgt.com. That's Real Property mgt.com. Uh, our guest today uh, is Gary Pinkerton, and Gary uh, is a uh, multi-episode uh, guest now. Love uh, it. <laughs> obviously, you are a resident expert for mm-hmm. our um, our real estate, um, the our, our, all, all of our real estate community, right, for Think mm-hmm. Realty, and I appreciate uh, all the services you provide there. Um, and today, I just I want to jump in um, on this concept. I know a lot of people um, have probably heard this term, um, a family office, or uh, creating a family banking structure. They may have heard the term infinite banking, which we've talked about a lot. Um, but I kind of want to dive into uh, just maybe some of the misunderstandings, or at least the structures of that, sure. um, high level, so that they understand. You know, like the top one percent of the one percent use this type of a structure uh, for the purpose of, I mean, everything from. Um, making sure that their money is protected, making mm-hmm. sure that it's being passed on. Uh, they use it to help with uh, tax uh, implications. There's a lot of uses for this vehicle. But if you don't mind, just kind of give the, the concept or overview of the family bank. Sure, yeah, so the, the primary purpose and maybe the biggest misconception <laughs> or uh, maybe lack of experience comes from people who are impatient and they wanna get out of that work, that W-2 job, or they wanna change the agency in their life as I talk about it. So they wanna have more freedom and they get impatient. And so they don't wanna have money sitting on the sideline, right? They, they don't understand the value of having certainty in their life to make sure that I don't care if the mayor in every town in 2020 looks at my tenants on television and says, you don't have to pay rent, mm-hmm. right? Like you, um, you have to have that foundational piece underneath. So it's not just a place to wash funds. Often it's pitched as uh, this place of, well, if you have 100K to put into real estate or 50K or 20K, then just dump that lump sum in here, kind of swap it between pockets and go use it like you were going to do. I mean, to an extent you can do that, mm-hmm. but, but doing that puts you at risk, mm-hmm. right? You're at the same risk as you would have been if you'd emptied your bank accounts and put it in the real estate. Sure. Any little hiccup and you end up losing your portfolio, mm-hmm. right? So the big thing is that when you create this, this um, very efficient family bank system, meaning that you can have it grow in an environment that's four to 5%, so it's far better than savings and checking accounts, even with these kind of teaser money market rates we see today, right? Right. It's kind of a temporary thing we're seeing. Um, Rates are still substantially better and it grows without tax, right? So you can can use throughout your lifetime, similar to like a Roth, where you can get growth that you're not paying tax on Mm -hmm. because it was after tax money you put in there. And so you just use it and you grow it um, and, and it is that capital source that really you're controlling on your own. Um, you don't really care about whether the bank's not lending. You don't care about the economic changes. Like the, you have access to the money, mm-hmm. and it just grows predictably year after year after year for decades. Mm-hmm. So I would say the big misunderstanding is that people think, "Hey, we'll just do one and done. We'll dump this lump sum of money in, mm-hmm. and I won't care about what happens year two, three, four, five. It's just somehow going to magically grow in there, right. right? And it's really should be sized. I mean, all of us." 
you know, money is the flow of life for us, right? And so we have positive cash flow coming into our lives, whether it's W-2 or our real estate or whatever. And so you should capture that annual cash flow in this policy, mm -hmm. right? And we size it, we structure it to be a good fit for what's gonna flow into your world in year two, three, four, five. Yes, we can handle large lump sum in year one, but it's really a better fit if we solve it or we, we size it for what your life looks like cash flow wise a few years down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that because um, if, if people out there, you know, in our kind of world understood this vehicle, um, they essentially would be able to use their dollar twice, yeah. right? Um, and maybe three times if, they're, if, if, if they kind of understand the system. But it's like, if they understood that their cash flow could come in and go into what you, know, you frame as the family bank or people have called infinite banking, right. um, that then that money is still, that capital is still usable capital, but it's now growing, right? So their yeah. first initial investment is growing. Yeah. And then they potentially, and I, and I think that's the misnomer is I think if, if we did a man on the street today and we walked out here in Tampa and we said, how does a bank make money? Yeah. I think the average person has no clue how a bank makes money. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, growing up in that world, I know that a bank makes money, you know, in two or three ways, but the primary way that they make money is lending capital yep. and earning a return on that. You know, and that goes yep. all the way back to the banking families of, of Italy and Florence and you know the Medici families. I mean that that's how they made their money. They they lent you money and you paid an interest back on it. And so if they understand that that that's how a bank makes money, then it's easy to then transfer. Okay, well how do I create a personal bank for my family? I take my cash flow, I put it into this vehicle, I now earn money. The insurance you know company essentially pays me a yep. a rate. And then as I lend it, whether I'm lending it to myself or to investment vehicles or to others even, um, I can become a bank myself. Would yep. you add anything to that or give it any more context? Yeah, so like doing, doing uh, something twice is a really, really um, uh, eye-opening concept if you can get that, like you said, really <laughs> important. So if you have money sitting in savings or checking, okay, again, there's some, some short-term like higher yield stuff right now that you would get taxed on and it's no longer guaranteed if you put it in money markets. So there's a lot of problems with that, but let's just stick with savings and checking. So generally, savings and checking at reputable banks is still basically nothing, maybe right. a percent. Right. So it's doing nothing, big picture. And so you can move it to an insurance company where it starts earning four to five percent without tax. So now it's doing something great. Mm -hmm. And and so people start to get this confidence that they can build up a little bit of liquidity and stuff there. And can, right? I, can I insert right there? Yeah. And because these policies are essentially overfunded, you still have access to that cash, right? Majority of it, yeah. Okay. Yep, yeah. So you have 75, 80% access in the first month. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get out four or five years in the future, you have access to more than you've even put in, mm -hmm. right? So it's most of the capital right away, yep. And so now you can have access to that and you can go do something with it right away. Right, and so would I put it into another, you know, would I put it into an investment making 4%? No, because it's doing five here and I'd have to borrow against it, probably right. it would cost more than that, right? So it's kind of like I wouldn't get up, I wouldn't ask my money to get out of bed for 4%. Right. But what if it can do 15 or 20 or more in your own business, right? So if you have something that it can safely do, I would say north of 8%, mm -hmm. then it's totally worth doing every right. day. Right. And so you can access the value of it, leave it there and let it do its job, and it's simply just collateral. like like your rental property or your house is collateral if you get a HELOC, mm -hmm. right? So same thing, if I borrow against the HELOC, right, I, I have an interest rate I'm paying, but that's okay right. because it's going to do something better. Right. So instead of dumping a checking account, which was doing nothing, and putting it into the investment, mm -hmm. I can have it do something 
and then access it and make it do a second thing. I think that's really an important point is that I think most people as they get into this, they think that they're diminishing the, the amount of capital inside of this policy by borrowing against it. But like right. you said, it's, it's, just, it's just collateral. Like you didn't diminish the value of your house by creating a HELOC. What you did right. was you created as a collateral vehicle to borrow against it. And so yep. that's essentially what you're doing. So if you put 100,000 in and that 100,000 is earning four or five, 6%, it's always going to earn four or five or 6%, right? Right. And then you're borrowing against it. And yes, you do have an interest rate against whatever you borrow you know, against it, right. just like a HELOC. Yeah. But if you can make that money, um, make more than what that rate is, then now you're winning twice, right? You're winning on this amount of money over here, mm -hmm. gaining, and then you could potentially earn the difference between what you pay in interest and what you're receiving in, in uh, return. Exactly, yep. And so a lot of people will use this same kind of a structure or they think they are by using lines of credit, right? right? So lines of credit against their rental properties or their primary residence. And they have this concept that they always have access to that money. And you and I know from being in real estate for years yeah. and business, like the only time you have access to it is when the sun's shining, right. right? Like when the economy is doing well. But the moment you actually need it is gonna be the same time everybody else does, which is the same time the banks are scared Correct. and they take away that line. So, so it's not just about um, being able to do the same thing today when it's a good economy. It's about can I do it mm -hmm in times where, I, where I'm having, you know, where the economy is stressed. Yeah. And the answer to that is you just gotta position it in a place where you have control. So that's the big thing you have when it's your own family bank or your mm -hmm. own infinite banking policy is that you have control. Yeah. And so you can go out there, you know, Warren Buffett says, you know, buy when there's blood in the streets. Well, the question is, how do you do that when there's blood in the streets? Because right. you also have blood in the yeah, streets. Yeah, you're bleeding. Right? <laughs> yeah, and right. so unless you have positioned yeah. this large amount of control in your hands, it's just it, not gonna work. Yeah, it's not. And and I, I've been there so many times when I have the right deal, um, I don't have access to capital because mm -hmm. the right deals typically come in the, in the most uh, tumultuous markets. Um, you know, right now, I, I, I run, and run and own and operate quite a few businesses, and we were just going through a process with our local bank a week ago on trying to create a line of credit uh, for some of these new growing businesses I have. It used to be that they would look at your deposits and they would say, okay, let's look at your deposits. We'll give a percentage of your deposits. Today, it's, well, it's your deposits and we may give you one month of a 12-month calendar worth of deposits as a line of credit, but only if you're willing to hold liquidity on the same amount. It's like, wait a minute, I could create my own line of credit then. It, it, you know, it's like, right. and so even us, like we're looking at and have been exploring this concept of should we create our own line of credit for our businesses, but through an infinite banking policy, why don't we, if we have to hold the liquidity in the bank anyways, why would we not hold it in a vehicle that's earning, right? right and create our own lines of credit. And to me, it was like, it, it dawned on me a couple of weeks ago, it's like, wait a minute, every business should figure that, like it, how much greater would it be to have a line of credit through your own whole life policy, line of credit, I mean, essentially right. it still has some confines, but you know, that's way better than doing it through your bank, yep. you know? Yeah. And you know they, they call that key person insurance, and right. you know at uh, large companies, and so then it also has this massive death benefit yeah. that if the CEO of your company dies, right. then you can you know you can dig your way out of that with tax free money. So it right. has multiple purposes for that. But you're right, it's the same concept that we're teaching people how to do on a personal level. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Have control and grow. Let's let's talk about control for a second. Um, I know we have a ton more time, but. Um, 
I, I want to jump into this concept. You constantly talk about agency mm -hmm. and, and giving yourself the ability to make uh, control. I think sometimes the American population, we're so bent on having everything that the media, that banks, that everyone tells us we should have, that all we do is enslave ourselves to society and the societal norms. How important is it for someone to create agency and that freedom in their life so they can just live life on their own terms? <laughs> I would say that if 2020 didn't speak to everyone's soul, then you're okay. Like you're in some, you're okay with the process of not having control. Like enslavement is okay. Like the, mm -hmm. you know, people will run to safety. People, you know, in the zombie movies, people will go and lock themselves in cages mm -hmm. because it's safe in their environment, right? So it is true. The hu humans will run to safety and we will give up a lot of freedoms to get safety, right? But that aside, if we could hold on to the freedom and drive our own safety, like that's more the American dream, the American way. And I will, I will um, make the assumption that people who are listening to this, who are looking into real estate, like real estate's not exactly sexy, right? Tenants and toilets and, and a few headaches, but the reason we do it is because we want that freedom. We want that agency. We want the ability that the next time somebody says all the things that we saw in 2020, and I won't go down the list, but we all know about it, right? And, and so, um, you know, you want to be able to say, no, I'm sorry, that doesn't fit my ethics. It doesn't fit what I want my kids and my family to be exposed to. So I have thankfully set up my life in a way in which I don't have to do that, right? And so I'm kind of a walking, talking billboard of that. I moved to Florida because of what we were experiencing up north and things that I just didn't want to put my kids through. Mm -hmm. So, but it doesn't come overnight. Mm -hmm. and, and having control is 100% how you do that, right? Yeah. Like being able to say, no, I, I think I need to change my environment. That only happens if you set up your life to make that, you know, make that ability to yeah. be there. And you, you used this phrase, you said that, that money or capital is the flow of life. Yeah. And so if you yeah. do not essentially control that, then you don't necessarily control your life. Right, right. Yeah, really, really important. Absolutely, yeah, I would say that money is, is having agency. Yeah. And that's, that means everything. And in yeah. certain situations, it means everything. I mean, ask people who fled Ukraine, how'd they do it, right? Yeah. They had a little bit of money. To yeah. be able to do it. And those that didn't have the money and needed to work a few more weeks, they didn't flee. Yeah. Right? And so regardless of what you think of that situation, that happens all around the world all the time. Yeah. It could happen here, and that's pretty sobering. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's why I've dedicated my life to helping people. You know, patriotism to me today means, uh, it used to mean on my submarine, you know, deterring outside threat. Mm -hmm. Today it means deterring inside threat. Mm -hmm. And so I want to help people have that agency in their life so that no one can say you're going to do this. Because if everyone in America, or at least half of us say, no, we're not, um, I don't have to. I've set up my life to right. be free. Yeah, very, very good. How can they get in touch with you and hear more? So GaryPinkerton.com is the easiest way. And it's just Gary at GaryPinkerton.com. Um, and you know, anywhere through Think Realty as well, you'll find me in the Resident Expert Program. Love this community, primarily because everybody is seeking a little freedom in their own lives. And I'd love to help enable them to do it in any way I can. Awesome. Very, very good. Thank you so much for being with us today. Let me just jump back in and say a quick thank you to our podcast sponsor one more time. And if you haven't uh, already connected with Gary, uh, make sure you connect with Gary. Uh, Gary is a personal friend, uh, as well as someone that I trust to send a lot of people to, um, to help them, not only with, with this concept of infinite banking, but even just planning out agency in their life. He's got a lot of tools that can help you there. Um, but uh, I would highly encourage you to go and connect with him, get some time on his calendar. Um, this episode is brought to you by Real Property Management. Working with the right property management company can put more money in your pocket, not less. Real Property Management provides a higher standard of property management to make sure you maximize the return on your investments. Experience the real difference with Real Property Management. Visit realpropertymgt.com. That's realpropertymgt.com. One other thing real quick before we close the podcast. 
is that uh, we have a conference coming up March 28th and 29th, and we're just kind of releasing this. And it'll be the first time that Think Realty has actually been to this area. We're going to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, March 28th and 29th of 2024. And uh, we want you as podcast listeners to join us out there, especially if you're on the West Coast. Um, we haven't been to the West Coast in probably, well, pre-COVID. So uh, it's been a few years and we want to see a big turnout out there. Um, but you can get a buy one, get one deal on tickets as a podcast listener. The only thing you have to do is go to thinkreality.com forward slash Phoenix and put in the code podcast. If you put in the, po- the code podcast, uh, they'll give you a buy one, get one free. And we hope to see you in Phoenix. Uh, Also, make sure you're checking out the latest episode of Think Realty Magazine. Join us on all of our social channels. Let us know what you want to hear more of, and we'll make sure to put the guest on our show uh, that best represent what you're looking and seeking for. Hope you have a great day. Connect with us. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. 